Yeah, your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters, yo. Your mental matters ain't a simple pattern. We need to have a central chatter. Food for thought, grab a platter. My mental ain't for rental. I'm a central man, it's simple. I'm a ripple in the rip though. I don't wanna sick my ship, so gotta know your mental. Black life is hard, I don't resent though. Feelings really real, we should present those. Talk about it, you should know your mental matters. Your mental matters, mental matters, yeah. What up, though? What up, though? <laughs> <laughs> it is not the same. We were not together, man. Woo! Well, <laughs> I tried to. It's cool. What up, though, everybody? Welcome back to the Mental Matters Podcast, here to redefine man up for the culture, um, talking about all things culture, black men, jerk chicken, and all things alike. Um, this is episode 46. Mm-hmm. Man, and our, I think this is our third time doing a a virtual uh, recording. Yeah, it's definitely been three times for sure. Okay. So remember the first one was, yeah, we didn't want to recap that. That was, <laughs> that was an interesting time. Um, <laughs> with that being said, um, this is probably the third week we are chilling in the, the days of quarantine 2020. And, you know, a lot is, every day is developing, but we'll get into that shortly. Um, We have been honored to have a special guest among us. And though we always say this person needs no introduction, we feel that it'd be very remiss not to even give a quick one. But I found out about what we call the first, the world's first mental health gym. And I was like, in the world, let me, let me Google this real quick. But literally, this is the first one. And so um, the man behind that has joined us this evening um, to be a part of our community, the Mental Matters community. So we welcome David. David, how you doing? Good, man. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, having me on. Definitely. It's our pleasure. So we always try to highlight people that are um, really strongly about the mental wellness game when it comes to um, making sure that people have resources Um, people know about different ways to improve their mental wellness and you know I came across your platform I was just like Jarrell we gotta I don't know how we're gonna do this but I'm gonna just shoot some shots and see how I go (laughs) and so we we thank you for joining (laughs) us and we're glad you're part of this community thank you no problem thanks again for having me yes sir so um before we get really in the weeds of this whole thing we have to do a pulse check so um, I hope you like you H U E D. So I'm not gonna say if you H U E D or not. But um, when it comes to black men and um, mental wellness of that nature, we always ask our guests, "Why does your mental matter to you?" So I want to extend that to you as well. Why does my mental matter to me? Yes, sir. It's it's the it's the driving force behind your entire existence, mm-hmm. right? So. That in a nutshell is why it matters because I can't lift my arm without my mind. You know, I can't, I can't achieve the things I want to achieve in life um, without a sharp mind. When I mean sharp, I don't just mean, you know, you're able to do math problems, but you're able to regulate. You're able to experience your emotions from negative to positive and you're able to um, rebalance back out after experiencing negative emotions. You're, 
you're flexible within your mental state of being um, and you're adaptable. So the mind, the mind is the final frontier. So for me, that's, that's key. That's number one. Mm. Well, I think you knocked that out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is, I, I want to know more about you as just as a person. Cause I know you did, you know, all these amazing things, things of that nature, but um, who, who was David? Like, where, where are you from? What's your hometown and where you come up at? Uh, I'm originally from Detroit okay. uh, on the east side, eight mile between hey. Ryan and Ryan and Mound. Uh, <laughs> east side, what yep. up, though, baby? This is yeah, all so, east side podcast today. <laughs> which which <laughs> we're at on the east side. Um, for me, I grew up in Morningside, so right over in East Warren in uh, Alta Road area. Okay. So for me, it was uh, eight mile and Gratiot area. So okay. So you, yep. Yeah. So you're not too far from where I was at. I mean, right there off of uh, it was like I said between Ryan and Mound. You know, mm-hmm. I used to go to Michigan sure. Fun Center over there before it was a strip club. Um, uh, I used to. Yep, yep. <laughs> I used to walk to Bel Air Shopping Center. Uh, back Man. in the day, it actually it actually used to be a, a drive-in movie theater. I remember my parents taking me to the movies over there. So, okay. so Detroit was a big. Used to be big, over there. <laughs> yeah 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 Detroit was a big integral part of my upbringing you know I love I love my community that uh that we, we lived in now but I, I moved away from Detroit when I was about uh 16 we moved to Southfield so but I'm 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 a true Detroiter and my family is my family are true De- Detroiters legit so where'd you go to school which one uh, <laughs> uh middle school high school middle school middle school i went to uh go lightly okay uh go lightly educational center um and then i went to saint martin de Pours, uh for high school dp they closed that down which was a travesty mm. um and then i went to college for a couple of years and decided that that wasn't for me and i went to a, a trade school a technical trade school and, and got a uh background in um information technology and network engineering and management another engineer by my de- definition in the building what up though <laughs> that's what's up so when it came to you know you you went this route and so how did you kind of make that transition into starting you know inception first off tell the people what is inception let's let's start there <laughs> Inception is the is the the first mental health gym. Um, we use twenty first century technology to help people to overcome like like anything from day to day stressors to uh, trauma, chronic trauma, um, and we do so in a very non invasive way. Uh, so we we look at the we look at the person as their as a whole being versus just thinking about ourselves as you know when we think about mental health we always think about psychology for the most part and. That's very. That's a very limited approach. So we use different tools to, again to do a, a bi-directional approach to brain-body rebalancing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's two. The reason why we created it is because I had a need for myself. Uh, back in two thousand seven, mm-hmm. I was living in. Um, actually, two thousand six, I was living in South Florida for about five years before that, and mm-hmm. I found that I started having anxiety and panic attacks, but if you go back into my history, I, I learned that I was really always having anxiety. I was always reacting to the environment, just like all human beings. 
Uh, but I, I basically kept going and going and going and reacting and to the point where my system could adapt no more. And now I'm having anxiety and panic attacks. So I moved back home from South Florida to Michigan, thinking that being around family is going to actually be uh, helpful. And actually it was, wasn't too helpful. My parents was going through a divorce. Um, and my sisters, you know, she, she, she was married. So basically my family unit was like kind of, um, it was different, you know, than what I was used to. So moving back here really wasn't helpful. And I was looking for different ways to help me. Um, I read a lot of books, uh, in the self-help field because I was highly into improving myself. And some of the stuff I read was talking about neuroplasticity and neuroplasticity is understanding that the brain actually can change itself. So that whole, that old paradigm that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, great that we aren't dogs because humans are highly adaptable and we do have the, the neural capacity to change. We just need this, the right tools. So one of the first tools that I found was called neurofeedback. Actually, in this, this brand of neurofeedback was called Brainwave Optimization. Um, it was the only one um, that, they, that they had was in Arizona, Arizona Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, so I flew out there with me and my dad, and we experienced that technology. And at that time, again, I was dealing with anxiety and panic attacks and depression. Um, and within one day of doing, I did about three, three sessions of this technology in one day. And my symptoms had drastically dropped by over 50% in that one day, never ingesting anything, never talking to anybody, just sitting in a chair and allowing my brain to observe itself so it can change itself is non-invasive. Was, wasn't no, wasn't any doctors, anything like that, uh, present. Mm -hmm. So once I used that technology and we saw my results, my dad even had results, even though he didn't go out there specifically to use it for himself because he's thinking I'm taking my son because my son has issues, but he doesn't realize that he had issues too. Right. Um, and then as we kept doing this, we brought that technology back home. I opened our first business, me and my dad opened our first business, which was called neural fitness center. So really that was the birth of inception, just in a different name. You know, if you think about neuro, the brain, fitness center, right? It's a, it's a gym. It's a mental health gym. But I didn't know I was even in the mental health field. I thought I was just, <laughs> thought I was just, you know, wanted to get better, wanted to improve myself. I didn't really classify it as mental health. Uh, but you fast forward that, and this is just a, a very gross uh, introduction into that uh, perspective of it. But in 2016, I decided to rebrand it and came up with the name Inception. It's one of my favorite movies, but also it's the beginning of something new. Um, so the, the beginning of doing something different than what we're used to, which is traditional talk therapy and medication, which can be helpful tools, but it's a very limited toolbox. Mm. If a painter came to your house and all he had was a roller, you probably look at him like, where's your other tools, right? Where's the paint? <laughs> Where's the paint? Where's the other tools that's going to help you? So, exactly. so Inception, so we created an Inception and then I actually branded the term the first mental health gym because it was nothing out there that was really naming what we were. There's a lot of places that may have similar tools that we have, but they don't have the concept and the philosophy behind why you're doing what you're doing. 
you know, you can give someone a, a baby grand piano, but that doesn't mean they're going to know how to play. Right. So it's not so much just about the tools, about the people who have the understanding how to utilize that tool. So that's that's really inception in a nutshell and how how we came kind of came to that that point. That's a first off, just I just have to congratulate you because um again, I don't know what it takes to open the gym. I barely know where my gym is these days because my gym is like my living room these days. But mm-hmm. you know, just to have that tenacity to go forth and you know, create and you know. I think it's even more ironic that you created something for your mental. So you had to have a mental capacity to go through with that. So yeah, it's just kudos just all over the board. Um, I appreciate it. No doubt. Um, so for that, do you offer memberships for Inception? Yeah. Yeah, we actually, we do. We do offer memberships. So our membership uh, model is we have, it's a, it's, it's based on circuits. We, we call it the total life reset circuit, um, mm-hmm. brain, body, balance, rebalance. So, Within that circuit, you get to do three different technologies all in 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically, the, the circuit cost is $99. Well, normally, it's 159 but we, we've reduced it to $99. Um, and our membership model is that, that same circuit model, but it's, it's $89 a month to come in and do one circuit a month. Okay. So that's what you recommend, like one circuit a month to... You know, when people first come to us, I recommend them do a certain amount of circuits in the, in the beginning, you know, because you're coming in and everybody's in a deficit, even though they don't know it. But now we probably we're starting to wake up and kind of understand that, you know, just from this crisis is giving us a time to slow down to see that, you know, there's, there's what's called uh, Dr. Gabor Mate called the myth of normal. And the myth of normal is about that thinking that, well, uh, you have anxiety, you have depression and I'm just OK. Right. Is, is, is you that's dealing with that, but not me. But we're, we're in this continuum of all dealing with it because we're all in the same similar environments. Because even if I'm not in an environment that say that's um, um, violent in terms of like shootings and things of that nature, you can be in an environment that's mental, emotional, you know, from mental, emotional abuse or lack of safety. And that can go down from even being at the job. You know, 80% of people who leave their jobs leave because of management. So imagine going to a job every day where you hate your manager because he's always putting you in an uncompromising position where you, you don't feel safe, where your brain is going to always go into a state of protection, just like if you were had a tiger in front of you. Your brain doesn't recognize the difference between tiger threat and threat of getting a bill in the mail, right? Right. So understanding that, um, I recommend people come in and do a certain amount of a series of circuits to get themselves out of the deficit. Most people are in a deficit when you first come. Once you can kind of feel yourself out of that deficit and I have certain markers to understand what that, what that looks like, then I recommend going on doing like a circuit, like a circuit a month or, you know, doing more than that. And the interesting thing about all this is that in 13 years, I have not stopped using my services because people, people would think that, well, shouldn't you stop needing it at a certain point? And my, my saying would be, shouldn't you stop brushing your teeth after you've done it for 30 years or how old I'm 40. So 40 years of brushing your, well, let's say 39. Cause I don't know if you're one year old, when you start brushing your teeth. Shouldn't you have to stop cutting your hair 
But why do we have to keep doing that? Because life goes on, right? And threats, because threat is the name of the game, whether real, perceived, or, uh, or perceived, real or perceived in the environment. So if, if there's a constant threat in the environment, your brain is going to constantly react. So you got to kind of keep balancing yourself out based on the type of environments that we live in. And now what we're dealing with is on a day-to-day basis with this uh, coronavirus and waking up and I'm, I'm seeing people I went to school with, parents passing away. I'm seeing, you know, uh, family members pass away and I'm scrolling and I'm seeing this and that's a shock to our system. So every day mm-hmm. it's like, well, what's next? Who died today? Right. You know, that's, that's, that's trauma. That's, a, that's trauma. So, and that's not just one and done trauma because there are different types of trauma. You have shock trauma where, let's say, if you were in a car accident. See, so you, you understand. You walked away. That was a car accident. Shock, you know, to your system. One and done, right? But then you have mm-hmm. developmental trauma or soft trauma where it's a daily thing. So we're dealing with shock trauma. developmental trauma and mass societal trauma all at once. So by the time we come out of this situation, the the longer it goes on, the more we'll be conditioned by this trauma. So imagine coming out of this thing in June, imagine going to the store, everybody got their mask on, people, people social distancing, even though that may, we may be done with that. We may be done with it, but who's going to just go back to it? Because now I have post-traumatic stress around yeah. that. Like, I don't even want to touch you, bro. I don't want to handshake you. I don't want to dap you. I don't want to get to, mm-hmm. hey, man, you're spitting on me. Like, think about mm-hmm. all these things that's in our psyche because now we've become traumatized and our brains have not rebalanced from the, from the, the event that we've gone through the last, you know, 90 days. Right. So that's a mouthful, but <laughs> I mean, sometimes you got to give them the deep history lesson, man. Um, it's funny you mention that because, yes, as you mentioned, we are definitely in a state of readjusting ourselves, rethinking every single thing that we do from, you know, do we use handrails anymore? Do we, um, you know, when you're at the grocery store, how many carts you standing away from somebody? Um, I was just telling my bro Jarrell um, a couple of days ago, uh, what about the people that were sick at the first, in the first quarter of this year, right before the major outbreak happened per se, because right. I know for me personally, late February, I, I was at work and this thing came out of nowhere, but I was, you know, I, I couldn't hold anything down. I couldn't hold anything in. Um, I was supposed to be in training all day, and I couldn't quite get through the training. And somebody earlier that week was like, so we need to start thinking about coronavirus because it's hitting China like crazy. And I was like, come on, I don't want, I don't want to even hear that. Don't even, right. don't even speak that up. And two days later, I have all these crazy symptoms that I've never really felt like that before at one time. And mm-hmm. so midday, I took some Pepto that didn't work. So I went home. I was weak. I was tired. I couldn't eat. And, you know, fast forward, you know, the next day I felt fine. But fast forward to a couple of days ago, I reached out because I was telling some family members of mine, like, hey, you know, so far, I thank God I don't know anybody in my family that has been that tested positive. But mm-hmm. I've never been tested. But the two family members of mine had the exact same symptoms 
that I had, and they tested yeah. positive. And I'm like, uh. So. Yeah, I, th- I think it was no question that I was here already because my dad, my dad went through the same thing. I mean, he was down for like three weeks. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, and I had another friend too. She she told me. I mean, she was she was messed up, and this was before it started really hitting here. Mm-hmm. So that I think that thing had been here. Um, we just didn't know about it. Um, right. So the numbers are going to be skewed because you know they're not they're not telling us how, and now everybody's getting tested for once. So. Right. Because we didn't. So the thing about that was, and I can even go this far into it. There was a certain stillness in my household. Like, I you know I live with my wife obviously, and uh, we were just like. <laughs> oh no, guys! Like cough, you know, like oh no, I mean whatever. But right. once I found out what the symptoms were, and we had both experiences within a week apart of each other, I went to it. I'm like, babe, uh, I found out some good news, and I feel a lot lighter. I don't feel as heavy. She's like, what are you talking about? Well, I, I think we beat the Rona. <laughs> She's like, mm. uh, what? I was just like, this is why I broke down the symptoms, and she goes. You know, I, I I told you we need to spread out everything, set up a blah blah, and here we are. And I'm just like, thank God that we physically got in the gym um, about that. But my brain, like you said, my brain is trained a little different now. That when I go see my neighbors, you know, not that I go see them, but if I walk down the street with my dogs, it's like, hey, how you doing, neighbor? Uh, don't get too close, thanks. You know? Yeah, well, we're we're all crossing the street. Like when I see somebody come my way, I I cross. You know, it's like. <laughs> So you you get you're getting conditioned, you know, by that. Um, mm-hmm. And no matter how how woke or strong you think your mind is, I mean, you know, is is I'm doing it right now just out of courtesy, you know. It's <laughs> like I'm I don't want to be, you know, not that I'm so afraid of. It's just that I, okay, I'm gonna get away from you just so you don't be mad at me for being close to you, you know. Right, <laughs> exactly. And like Drill, I was just talking to you about it. Like you know, it's. You know, if you're, especially if you're in a relationship with anybody, you know, it's really affecting, like, family time. And I know you're really big on family time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you So, know. yeah, I mean, like, we haven't had our, um, we do a monthly, like, Sunday dinner, like, with all my in-laws, grandmother, everything. So, we haven't had that since, like, the last week of February. So, we started doing, like, the Zoom calls like this, um, this past Sunday. But, you know, it's still not the same, so... We'll have to, you know, we're making that adjustment or whatnot, but everybody will make it through and we'll get back to doing our Sunday dinners. But yeah, it's, it's been a, an effect on us from that. We're not able to play the board games with each other anymore. We're not able to, mm. you know, just enjoy each other's uh, company anymore right now. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm just thinking about when the next time, I think this is another question I need to ask because this is important for the culture. Mm-hmm. David, what is your views on jerk chicken? Dude, I'm a jerk chicken expert. Okay, good. <laughs> I <was my> <laughs> jerk chicken. You are what? officially we, we put you in this community because what? I, I swear to goodness that we we have to do a post check of people that love jerk chicken because I don't know what it is, but since I met this man and like really got invited to his home, he always are finds you Jamaican. You Jamaican? No, I'm not. No. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, uh, I was about to say Wagwan. Wagwan. <laughs> yeah, man. Exactly. Listen. Maybe get my mother yeah. off the shelf, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I grew up. My friend, my friend, my my best friend for thirty six years. 
35 years, something like that. He's, he's part Jamaican. So okay. growing up, I was eating patties. I was eating jerk chicken. I was eating curry chicken. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I'm really close with the owners of the Jamaican pot, you know, Rose uh, and, Bru- and Bruce. So I, I cook my own jerk chicken. I lived in Miami for five years. All my friends are from the islands and, wow. you know, <laughs> all of them do, all of them do jerk chicken, curry chicken, a little different, you know, a lot of Trinidadian friends, a lot of, a lot of Bohemian, you know, Haitian, you name it, man. I, I'm, I'm friends with all the island, uh, island folks. So listen. So you asked, you asked, you asked the wrong person that question, brother. I'm wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. See, <laughs> what you need to realize is that since you're, now you're officially a part of this ecosystem of brotherhood, I'm going to be hitting you up like in the DMs. Like, listen, I know this <laughs> summer you're going to be doing something with jerk chicken and I just need to be there. Like, so. Yeah, well, one of my one of one of my clients who came up from um she came up from the Bahamas and she's actually Jamaican and she has a restaurant in the Bahamas. She came up so her her boyfriend had died in a car crash years ago. Mm. And so she was she was really in a state of depression since then. But she went to psychiatrists, psychologists all on the island. Nothing nothing helped. Somehow she found me on Instagram and decided to come to to inception she did about two weeks of uh, circuit training but really within the first week of circuit training she came in totally different than when she first came when she first came very quiet very just you know seems like she's very um frozen is the word i'll I'll call it and by that by the the second week that girl was bubbly it's a whole whole life change by the end of it, she came to my mom's place and cooked us all food from, you know, from her restaurant. This girl went to, went to like Myers, bought all her ingredients, came to my mom's place and cooked it and cooked it on a, a regular electric stove. And that food was amazing, man. So now she's looking at, um, so I'm in the works of helping her, uh, transition and opening a restaurant up here. Yes. So, yes. So, so I'm all about this making jerk chicken. Keep me in the loop. See, the, the best, it's not even the, the jerk chicken that was amazing about that story. The main part of it, that your, that inception is really helping people, like, get through times and, you know, become the best version of themselves. And then when you add jerk chicken on top of that, I mean, that's just, that just yeah. makes the story that much better. Like, I, I'm smiling on the inside right now. But that's a beautiful thing. I'm just glad that, you know, this exists. Um, I want to get on the topic about black men. I mean, you happen to be one, so you can relate. Um, so with that being said, do you see any challenges with getting black men to either talk about their mental health or even come to, you know, your facilities? Uh, 13 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, today. No, uh, today it's, uh, we're becoming more open. Um, and I've seen more black people, specifically black men come through my door within the last year than I have in the last 13 years. Wow. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, literally probably within the last six months, more than probably 12, 12, over 12 years. So, um, I think now we're, we're, we're seeing that 
And I, I mean, I just saw an interview with Jada Kiss, you know, talking about, you know, emotions and you got to get your emotions out and things of that nature. So, no, we had a really good time now to be able to, to express ourselves um, in a different way. Um, some, I'm pretty sure it's not, it doesn't mean that's everybody, but just look at it. We're three black men on right here now and talking about it just says enough. It's enough in itself. And even your podcast is called Mental Matters. And I, I opened a mental health gym. So, um, so definitely, I think that, and, and it's interesting that I've always kind of been one to really talk about emotions. Uh, as I grew up, I had a, like I said, my best friend, like we talk like women, to be honest with you. you know, <laughs> what does women, that even mean? <laughs> this is, this is what that means because growing up, you know, a lot of people, didn't, men didn't communicate. Right. You might've talked, but you didn't communicate. You weren't, you might talk about, yeah, I like, you know, pistons or whatever you you talk very surface you know mm-hmm. but i would say that for him me and our relationship have had grown over the years where we were kind of growing in life together where we start seeing that you know talking about like hey man how did that make you feel now you broke up mm-hmm. with your girl i'm pissed off i'm mad versus oh no nah, man that ain't, that ain't do nothing like oh that, i don't care you know yeah. being in denial about it and acting what we call hard but when you're hard, you're easily broken, you know? Yes, so sir. I think you have to be, you have to be flexible. You know, even Bruce Lee talked about being fluid, you know, mm-hmm. some, right. somebody who that we recognize growing up, I thought Bruce Lee was the man, you know, how he was, you know, whooping on guys. Well, if this guy's talking about this, then what's wrong with us? Right. It's because we were conditioned through hip hop really mainly hip-hop, how we were conditioned, and then our, not just mainly hip-hop, but our households. You know, our dads, my dad was a, a you know, 70s dad, you know, black mm-hmm. 70s dad, you know, and they, they you know, they hardcore, you know. Um, so, but, you know, I saw him evolve too. I've evolved in life as, as he has, and we talk about, like, like for the one time, I think a couple of years ago, um, I was really going through a tough time. And I just broke up with somebody and it really was affecting me to the point where I was like, I, I felt like I didn't even want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. And I said that to him and he was like, man, you know, don't say that. And I said, but that's how I feel. And all he did was right. say, you know, son, he said, son, I understand. That's all I was. That's all I needed. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. But but oftentimes we feel like in that position, I can understand how he felt and thinking I'm afraid for my son. And, I and you know, most people would think, well, that means he's suicidal. Right. No, that felt like I felt like I didn't want to be here. And re- why did I feel like I didn't want to be here? Because not being here meant that I was going to not be in pain. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the biggest things that we do in life is move from pain to pleasure. Yeah. So I need I needed to voice that feeling. My friend went through a divorce and um it was a very I mean it was a rough situation going on and he told me he said, "Man, and I'm I'm just going to put it plainly. He said, "Man, I hope she dies in a car crash." Mm. Now, I could have I now I could have said, "Don't say that, man. That's the wrong thing to do." But guess what? That's how he felt. And, and he he needed a safe place to be able to say that without being judged that, you know, that's wrong. No, that's just how he felt. Now, does he really want that? No. 
he just felt in that moment that somebody should, should suffer at the amount of pain that he's in at that, that time. You know, that's why you go to therapy and that's why the therapist is very confidential. So you can be able to say things like that without feeling like you're, something's wrong with you for feeling that way. Sometimes you feel violent, but it's, I'd rather you talk about you feel violent than to go and be violent. Right. right. So I think, again, I think, I think the mental health for, for black men is, is, is definitely just like going up which we're, we're understanding and people, again, like I said, they're coming in a lot of, if you look at a lot of my ambassadors for inception, a lot of them are black men. Mm. We have more black men ambassadors than we have anything else. That's beautiful. Mm. And you really need that about, and those ambassadors, I can imagine that those ambassadors are probably, you know, black men that are like, hey, you know what? I don't mind talking about my feelings. Like, I don't mind yeah. talking about exactly how I feel at this moment. And um, I, I also strongly believe that when you make yourself available to your brother, you know, like, hey, you know, this is like hey how's it going you know not just being like you know you're chilling like you know like avoiding that whole mantra and being like hey you know what today i'm, I'm just not feeling it like yeah. you know you have you're entitled to those days one of the most important yeah. things especially about living through quarantine 2020 uh in the days of this whole covid nonsense is that it's okay to not really know how to feel but it's also okay to say that you feel that way, you know, like mm -hmm. I'd rather you say it and get it out. And I was thankful for my spouse and even like, even drill, he asked this question. Like every day I would get a check in, like, how you feeling? Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? And you know, right now you're thinking like physically because this virus is eating people alive, literally. But you know, I was like, I feel fine. I don't have a cough or anything, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. after the third or fourth day, I was like, well, they know how I'm doing physically. How am I doing mentally? I need to answer that question. Yeah. Don't just associate your health with just your physical health. And once I got into that habit over the last couple of years, I'm like, oh, I feel better just by saying like, hey, you know, I, I'm not doing okay today. Yeah. And it makes me feel yeah. better. It's weird. But and, I and, 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 I, and I think that we have to we have to merge the two and get away from separating. Right. Because your mental health is your physical health. Yeah. Physical health impacts your mental health. Exactly. So when someone asks, how are you doing physically? Well, how are you doing physically is going to impact the mental. How are you doing mentally is going to impact the physical. So if I'm not doing well mentally, you can look at the signs in your body and tell that you're not doing well as well. But the problem is we're so disassociated from our bodies that we're not sensitive to it. Like, can you tell if your shoulders are up? Can you tell if your jaw is clenched? Can you tell mm -hmm. that you didn't sleep well last night? Mm -hmm. Can you tell that your stomach is slightly off? Your digestion is slightly off? Mm -hmm. You know, can you tell that you have tension in your forehead? You know, mm -hmm. getting in touch back in touch. And I've, over the 13 years, I've done over probably about 50 different healing modalities. All alternative-based healing modalities. I mean, and get during, your shoulders and, together real quick. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> and so by doing that, and by being someone who had anxiety and panic attacks where I felt like literally like I would project days out. 
about going to do something. Like, oh my God, I'm already projecting. I can already feel it in my body. So going from that pattern to projecting, having panic attacks, to now, it gave me so much contrast to be in touch with my system. So you know guys who love cars or love whatever, and let's say say cars that they like hit the gas pedal like oh man I need an oil change like they they're that in tune with that car by spending so much time. So you have to get that in tune with the body as well, your your mind and your body. You know, sixty to ninety thousand thoughts run through our brain on a day to day basis. Ninety percent are the same reoccurring thoughts. Are you observing yourself? Are you observing your thoughts? Do you know what's the pattern that's continuing to happen? And then how much of it do you have there that needs to be emptied out? Mm. So it's all about getting uh, familiar with the self is a phrase, know thyself and be thyself. Well, that's just not some phrase that this, you know, some spiritual jargon, like literally what's going on, what's going on in my body. Um, And the more you can do that, the more you can be honest about what's going on with you. How are you doing? Hmm, let me think about it. Let me check in. Let me process. Where right. am I at? So when people ask me, and they, they, they typically don't just get good. I give them a full sentence, and then it's, whoa. I say, I bet you didn't want to know that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you asked me. Yeah. I was going to another interview, and she said, David, how you doing? I said, I'm overwhelmed. And she, and she said on the interview, she said, man, when I came in, you asked her how you were doing. You said you were overwhelmed. Like, you didn't just, like, yeah, I gave you the truth. I didn't just give you what you want to hear. I didn't just give you a blanket statement. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And, and when I used to work with a lot of men clients over the years, I would ask them how they were. Good. Like, well, if you're good, why are you here? So obviously you aren't good. Now I would ask the counter, the, our counterparts, our women, lady counterparts, how you doing? Oh my God, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, like, they're they going through a list, right? Yeah. They're going through a list. And they're, they're, they're able to kind of move through that list and say, this happened, this happened, this happened. But for us, again, we're stuck in being hard, right? Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Dude, yeah. you just went through a divorce. What do you mean you're good? Chilling. Like, yeah, your relative just died. What do you mean you're good? Chilling. Mm-hmm. And even asking people during this time, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. Like, really? Because. Are you sure? Because I've been like this. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone who's in the field who've done a lot of work on myself. But that, that makes it again, like I said, it makes me highly aware of what's happening. So it's been times where, like yesterday, I was good for a moment. Like I had a good day. You know, I felt pretty positive. Um, energy, high energies. And then I, I went on Facebook and I saw, you know, some, some people who passed away from the community. And I just instantly, I just felt a switch. Yeah. Cause my brain was going into the freeze response. The freeze response is when you have a sense of helplessness about a situation. And these, these defense patterns that we go into fight, flight, freeze, fawn, they're unconscious behavioral patterns that your brain does to protect you from a threat so when i went into freeze like literally i can like feel myself going to freeze like so i spent today kind of like processing and bringing myself back out of freeze so i know how to actually do that but if if i'm doing that and i have that high level of awareness 
what do you think that people who have zero level of awareness about anything I'm talking about is doing? Mm-hmm. Well, let me go to Pornhub and let me jack off all day. Oh, you know? let no. me let me let me go let me go to the liquor store and let me drink. Right. Let me go get food and let me overeat. You know, mm-hmm. how many babies are going to be made after this? Because all of these things are just trying to regulate your nervous system. So you got two branches of your nervous system. You have the sympathetic, which is your, 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 again, fight, flight. Then you have parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. So which one do you think you would want to be in? You want to be in rest and digest, unless there's an actual threat. But see, we're stuck in our bodies so much because of so much threat that we're stuck in fight or flight sympathetic. Uh, pupils dilate, so then your eyes gonna get big. You know, take in more information in the environment. Where's the threat? Your immunity. This is why. This is why so many of us uh, African Americans are being overrun by COVID because one, we're already highly stressed and traumatized, where our sympathetic nervous system is on hyperdrive. Two, the the, the type of uh, diet that we have. Uh, but but I'll put one above the other. You know, um, and because why? Because when you go into fight or flight your immunity is shut down because you need to use that resource to run away from the tiger, not fight a virus. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're stuck in that pattern, now your immune system, when a virus comes, you're, you're defense, you're defenseless because your energy is going to fight paying these bills, not the virus. You know. So, so we have to become aware of what's going on within our body. Have you guys watched uh, Alter Carbon? Not yet. That's a really good. Uh, so this is, I mean, I'm really high on sci-fi. I'm really into sci-fi. I mean, this might be out there for a lot of people, but within this show, <laughs> they've learned to take our consciousness, which is basically who we are, and put it into what is called a stack. The stack mm-hmm. is almost like a memory drive, like a, like a disk drive. Right. So now they're able to take their consciousness and move it to different what they call this body is called a sleeve. Mm -hmm. Right. So now they're able to. So basically, people aren't really dying because as long as your stack stays in place, you can just keep switching and going to different bodies, even though the sleeve wears out. Mm -hmm. So the reason why I say that is because every time a person gets in a new sleeve, they have to learn what's encoded into this sleeve. Right. You know, and how to properly use this sleeve. Mm-hmm. So we're never taught how to use our body. We, mm-hmm. we, we're like ignorant to our body. Mm-hmm. Like most people didn't know what an immune system was the last week. Okay. <laughs> and then we still don't even know, okay, what is this elderberry syrup doing? And what is, what is that doing for me? We're just mm-hmm. hearing a lot of buzzwords and we run to it, but we, we lack the understanding of how it works. Right. Why it works. So I think that, so for me, for mental health, again, you don't hear me talk about psychology at all for the most part. That's a, that is a piece of it, right? But it's different mm-hmm. layers. I want to get the sleeve or the body, the brain body to re- relax and go into parasympathetic and then start to remove the tension patterns that I've created from constantly doing like this. Yeah. You do that. Micro, micro, micro. Now you feel your shoulder. What's all these knots in my back? Well, you've been working out. You've been working out, but it, it, it don't have to go to the gym. You're just constantly contracting, contracting, <laughs> contracting, 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 right. contracting. 
Exactly. So think about your whole body doing that and, and holding, tensing, tensing, tensing. People who grind their grind their teeth at night, you know, mm-hmm. that's tension in the jaw. And the body, the energy cannot be created or destroyed. That's the laws of thermodynamics, right? So whatever energy that you use to get away from a predator or a threat or use to, to clinch, guess where that's stored at? It's in the body. Yeah, when you said so, thermodynamics, I clinch because I hated that class. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel yeah, it. Yeah, see, that's, that's trauma, right? So mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you think about it like we have to, we have to, we have to become in unison with mind-body connection, and we have to get in tune with ourselves. But only way you can do that is through observation, and and really, this this virus has given us an opportunity to observe ourselves and, and get ourselves together. Yeah. I mean, when you put it that way, you really start to break down. Like, all right, you know what? Maybe it is time that we you know, start to merge the two together. When we talk about health, make sure that it's synonymous with both your physical and mental health. Because I found myself in earlier this year, like once I changed my mindset about the fact that I need to get to the gym more, it all changed. I spent more time at the gym. I said, I can't, if I mentally make that decision that I'm going to the gym right after I get off work, I'm going to the house grabbing my bag, putting the dogs in the dining room, and I'm going straight there, I know that's what I'm going to go do. And Mm -hmm. once you, like you said, once you condition your brain to think in a certain way, then, you know, you can can also make that decision of how you're going to feel. Like, and it's okay to have those moments of helplessness or things of that nature. As long as you are honest about it, you can literally maintain a healthy lifestyle just by just being honest about your, your your mental experiences, if you will, like it's well, whatever whatever you resist will persist. So you have to literally the name of the game is having to face the very things that you're afraid of, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think about, you know, I grew up playing video games. Not sure how you guys are, are into video games, but if you look at a video game, in order to make it to next levels, you have to face what's in front of you, like. There's no going around it. Right. In order, in order to beat the game, you have to face it. That's it. You can run in open world games. You can run around and do all the other stuff, and, but you will never progress in the game. You're just right. spinning your wheels. So when we look at our emotions, it's not until we face our depression, our anxiety, you know, our helplessness. It's not until we really come to terms and understand why and accept it, then we can actually begin to move on from it. Right. But you can't change something that you're not aware of. Exactly. People got to point out to you, hey, your tire low. Hey, mm-hmm. you got your, your tire's low. Go get your... Oh, hey, you got something on the bottom mm-hmm. of you. You got some toilet tissue on your body. Why, why didn't you know that? Because we aren't self-aware as beings. We need a mirror to be able to observe ourselves to change ourselves. Mm-hmm. meditation is nothing but a mirror to how you are working so that's why it's important to understand that meditation is not even about just closing your eyes and having this no thought it's closing your eyes and observing what's there because when you can observe what's there you can change it and how you change it is just by through sheer observation of it that's it that's it where's the bill Ding. <laughs> <laughs> major gym alert 
So I have a series. We have a series of questions for you. And, okay. you know, you've been able to tackle a lot of them thus far. Um, I'm going to let Jarrell get us into that because I think he has some very, very uh, serious questions that need to be answered here. <laughs> I actually have them stored on my phone, so I was going to grab them. Um, the <laughs> notepad on my phone. <laughs> That's legit. Man, this is... Whew. <laughs> I, I just know that you're there's gonna be a line outside of your door once this thing is all over. Like people are gonna be like, listen, COVID's almost took me out. How do I get in this thing? Because my God, I can't wait to get out the house. And you know, it's uh it's been real ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> One star would not recommend. Um so with that, we want to ask you a series of questions, and it is revolved around, you know, just some common things that, you know, you should be aware of, because it's about yourself. So, first things, what is the first thing that you are going to do once this quarantine thing is over? Honestly, nothing, man. It's, nothing? It's, no, it's, it's nothing... There's nothing that I won't do that I'm not really doing right now for the most part. Um, yeah, I don't really have something I can say I'm a rush to do mm. because one, I'm kind of waiting to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let, let, you know, I'm, let like the I air thin out real quick. Yeah, yeah, I do. Man. Like, so I'm not, but I, but I understand what you're saying. So let's say that we're past that phrase, that phase. Okay. Yes. So let's say that. So I, I do salsa. I dance salsa, bachata, merengue. Really? I dance a lot of Latin rhythms, and we do what's called salsa in the park over here in Birmingham. And so by that time, mm-hmm. man, I really would like to be doing salsa in the park. I mean, that's something that that's, I'm passionate about, brings me joy. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Legit. And I was looking forward to that before this we just <laughs> waiting for the we were waiting for the weather to get better so i'm just like it gotta it, it this thing gotta be gone by then but you know i don't know the social norms or what's gonna change and like i said how people are gonna be acting but i know how i'm gonna act i'm like i'm ready to dance man there i'm <laughs> i'm telling you the, I, I tell my friends all the time the first thing i'm doing with when I get to see them, they are getting the closest bear hug that you've ever received in your life because <laughs> the extrovert in me really misses like hugs. Like I'm a hugger by default. So I just can't wait to get a real hug and it's going to be lit. Like you already know yeah. it is. Um, see, there lies your question too, because I'm an introvert. So me and see? Like, there it is. Like, I, I, I mean, I, 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 need can't hugs, stand y'all. I need some hugs, but don't touch me. It. I'm gonna be all right. <laughs> I can't stand y'all introverts. Y'all get on my damn nerves. <laughs> oh, y'all so introverty. Yeah. <laughs> it's a gift and a curse. Yeah, what a, yeah. I, I knew you would say that. I can tell Jarrell introvert, so Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do everything in the background. I like being yeah. in the background. That's that's, that's my cool spot. Feel and I don't appreciate it. Whatever. <laughs> But um, one of the questions that uh, we came up with also was, who was the most influential person um, in your life? And, like, how have they influenced you? Hmm. 
That's a good question and a hard question because it's, I can't put one person in that box. So I would just say collectively my parents, Okay, you know, um, like they've always su- supported me. Um, they gave me both, they both gave me a good model to model after, uh, uh, you know, and to understand, uh, I've always seen, seen them, you know, they both grew up, um, not so great areas, you know, um, and they've, they've taken their life to where they've wanted to be. And, and they always, again, they always was just good role models for us, you know, and I, I've done business with both of them. Um, so yeah, I would say, I would say my parents and I love the fact that, I mean, I used to love Michael Jordan and I love the fact that Michael Jordan gave the same answer, like his parents. And I just wish we can get back to that where most people can say that. You know, um, if I ever, I don't have kids, but if I ever had kids that, that would definitely be a mission. I would feel like it's mission accomplished if my kids give me that, that vote of confidence that, you know, you did a good job. You know, it doesn't mean that it was perfect, but you did a good job. And I think, you know, I say that to my mom, often my mom and dad, like, you know, I, you know, I had a great childhood. My mom's like, why? Like, why do you keep saying that? Like, <laughs> like not that, that she doesn't believe it. She's just really interested in knowing, you know, what was done right, you know? And she's, mm-hmm. she's, she finds it kind of shocking to hear me say that, you know? It's <laughs> like, but no, like, no, I just recognize, I recognize that we mirror what's in our environment, mm. you know? And to see something, to be living with somebody on a day-to-day basis, nobody else could be more influ- influential in my life, whether good or bad. Right. You know, <laughs> so that's what people don't understand. Whether your parents was in your life or not, or whether they're good or bad, they're the most influential people in your life. Makes sense. Because yeah. everything we try to do in our mental health goes right back, stems back trying to solve our mom and dad wounds. Right. So there we go. No, no matter what anyone else is saying, that's the most influential person <laughs> in your life. <laughs> well, I'm glad you maintain this standpoint. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite? Either sneakers or a pair of Jordan shoes. Uh, well, it gotta be the uh the, the black and white Concord patent leathers. When those came out, man, those were game changers. Like I remember <laughs> and I remember when Jordan first wore them, ninety six Orlando Magic game. Mm. that's when he first wore them and I was like dude them shoes is fire man <laughs> and when they came out I had a pair of those and then when the black ones came out all black mm-hmm. ones patent leathers with the with the uh North Carolina blue Jordan logo I had a pair of those too so so yeah that that those concours but early er, earlier or the or the fire red uh retros I think it was the sixes I like those too mm-hmm. Fair. Everything after that was kind of like, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the eleven. So like the the um black, red, and whites they released uh for Christmas, and my wife actually got me those as a Christmas gift. So I wore those one time, <laughs> and I actually love them. Like we have a little like um office space where we stay at, and I was just up there this morning, and I actually like picked them up 
and I just like held them in my hand like they were like an infant. <laughs> I was just like, I'm thankful to have these <laughs> retro elevens. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I feel about them as well. <laughs> oh man. I, I apparently I need to get some more of these because it's been a long time. <laughs> I had the. I haven't bought a pair of Jordans though in some years though. I because I used to sell them. Mm-hmm. And once I started selling them, and because I had connection over in China, and I was getting authentic pairs of Jordans, I was buying them for thirty five dollars a pop. You know, wow. so it's it's hard for me to go spend that type of money in a pair of gym shoes, and I used to be able to get them at such a low price, and I was reselling them for about a hundred bucks. So I was making making nice little money. So I'm an entrepreneur at heart, not just you know. I was I was doing this before I opened up. Listen, <laughs> You can't knock his hustle, everybody. <laughs> so one of the questions we also had was um favorite better made potato chip. What is your favorite flavor? Um I would say the barbecue. Yep. Same. Uh, <laughs> I would say barbecue too. <laughs> that's like an introvert flavor because I swear y'all like the same things. Oh my god! Yeah, the barbecue man. Fair enough. It's solid. It's dependable. You can't go wrong with it. See, I just like the red hot ones. They're they're amazing to me. I don't know what it is. It's just they just hit different than barbecue. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But them sweet barbecue. Was that the sweet heat barbecue ones? Mm-hmm. Don't sleep on them. Must is lit. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> let's see, let's see, let's see. I ain't even gonna play myself with that. Um, your favorite flavor of Fago? Dude, I'm not a pop person. Ah, um, this is gonna go. Somewhere. And I, I haven't, I haven't drank, I haven't drank a Fago in, bruh, <laughs> twenty years maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I have, haven't had better mad chip, chips in twenty years too. But probably back then, I would probably say because you know I just don't like carbonated drinks. I never like carbonated drinks. I used to shake them up just to get the fizz, you know, reduce the carbon. Oh. Um, but I never, I never liked that. Uh, but I would probably say orange. Okay, you a staple flavor then. <laughs> You either got orange, grape. Orange or grape. Or the infamous that nobody really knows what the flavor really is, red pot. Red? Yeah, what's red? <laughs> we don't I know. I think that's supposed to be strawberry, you know, just because it's red, but no. I don't think that really. It didn't. It doesn't taste like strawberries. No. Like that. It's just red pop, and you just yeah. need to get in line and get lost. That's what it is. <laughs> So, like, uh, some of the other questions that I had um, were more about, like, the facility. Like, so, mm-hmm. for when you're um, administering treatment, like, what is the age range that you treat? And as well as, do you all accept certain types of insurances? All right. So, let's, let's, let's break down the, the, the language. So, we don't treat anybody. Okay. And we, and we don't do treatment. So, okay. again, we're, we're, in, we're in a holistic nature. So again, when I is we're looking at systems versus symptoms. This is the way how we can create and use our systems that we have in inception to help with the systems of the body and not worry about you coming in and saying, Well, David, I got anxiety, I got blah blah blah. It don't matter. So mm-hmm. if you take a look at this, if I look outside and I got a tree outside and I got a thousand leaves, I say, you know what? I'm really tired of those leaves. 
what's the best way to get solve my leaf problem? Cut the whole tree down. <laughs> you gotta go to the root, brother. Yeah. Like man. why? 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 So the medical system will keep naming every single leaf on the tree as an issue. Well, that's the issue, and this the issue, and this the issue. Okay, but what's producing the leaves? That's it. The tree. Right? So I can go down, cut down branches, and I'm going to get some relief. I can go target some leaves. I can get some relief. But it's not until I go after the whole thing that's causing the root issue. So that's how that's how we look at inception, where it's, it's, it's not treatment. It's, it's okay. systems versus symptoms. I don't care what you come in with. It doesn't mean that we're going to necessarily cure you. That's not our goal. Our goal is to move you again from sympathetic into parasympathetic. Rest and digest. Then your system can begin to heal itself. That's it. Most, most people come in with sleep deprivation. But most people don't understand that they're suffering from sleep deprivation because they feel like, I closed my eyes, I woke up the next day, I slept. Because they don't have any contrast. It's not until you start experiencing deeper realms of sleep, then you say, you know what, I had a sleep issue. I didn't even know. So because when you can get into deep realms of sleep, there's so many different factors that's happening when you get into REM sleep. Um, Your body is able to repair itself, um, you know, just in terms of what they know now, because once you get into REM sleep, there's certain brain fluid that's moving that actually that's, that's called the lymphatic fluid that gets rid of toxins. And it's not until you get into real REM sleep that the brain is able to move that lymphatic fluid. So when you're suffering from sleep deprivation, that fluid is still staying in the brain. And now they're starting to uh, relate that to correlate that to things like Alzheimer's or dementia. Mm. Why? Because if you don't get the, the lymphatic fluid is moving the waste, the waste byproduct. So think if you just left all the trash in your house, you didn't take it out to the dumpster. Uh, what would happen? Yeah, You're going to start having some issues in your house. <laughs> it's going to be smelly and this is just not going to be good. Right. So we, 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 no, no system is injured alone or heals alone. Mm-hmm. So, even if your foot is injured, it affects your whole system. Right. There's a shift in your whole system. So we have to look at the whole being, not just one person. So back to the question too. We our our youngest I've done work with is probably two years old. Wow. And most people think, well, what's wrong with a two-year-old? It's like, what are you talking about? Like, you're born, first of all. Like, birthing <laughs> trauma yeah. coming, into the, to coming into this world. And it was all this light and just people just had their hands out. I was like, who are you, bro? Like, Yeah, there's, there's some major issues. And, and then, too, the, 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 you know, you, you can have birthing traumas. You can have, again, um, there's, there's, there's the environment that you're dealing with from your parents. Yeah. So however your however that little brain is developed to protect itself is again is already hardwired. You don't you don't grow up learning to protect yourself. Your brain is already encoded to do that. Like your brain is encoded to like if it got warm in your your house, you're gonna start to sweat. Well, did you turn that on? Mm. 
No. You wouldn't wear to turn that on. So when there's a threat, you're not turning on to what to do. Your brain is in me like, what's the threat? Get out. Quick. That's it. I ain't got time to think. I ain't got time to process. Right. Quick, quick, quick. So, so yeah, we, we work with anybody from two years old, I mean, up to 100 years old I work with. And, again, it's all, it's all going to pretty much look at the systems of body and, and, and do very similar things. Wow. That's just really dope. Again, like, I, I don't ever want to take for granted the fact that when we started this whole platform, I think it, it's almost two years ago. That's crazy. When we yep. started this whole platform. Oh, really? Had, you created Mental mental Matters two years ago? Yes, sir. It will be two oh, years in about two weeks. So yep. um, by the time this episode releases, we will be upon the eve of the anniversary. Was, well, congratulations. That's that's a great thing that you just, uh, you know, while a lot of people are just kind of like jumping on it within the last 90 days, six months, you know, yeah. you guys have seen, seen the need for it. So, um so congratulations on that. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, just as a fellow creator, you know, one of the biggest anxiety moments was how are we going to do this? Do we have the resources? Do we have X, Y, and Z? And right. a couple of days ago, somebody reached out and was like, hey, yo, Rich, uh, you know, how do you start a podcast? I was like, if you asked me that question two years ago, I would have panicked and my, it would have been like my palms would have got sweaty and all that. But it was just like, well, you just really need essential things you need something to record it and you need to have something to send it to that's really it and, and it something just, to talk about <laughs> yeah. and so luckily we've been blessed enough to like you know just I, I i strongly believe that like you if you put it out in the atmosphere about what it is you actually want to do and you have people in your circle you can confide that information to it is just happening it is right. come to pass and next thing you know you are, you know, in the business for 10 to 15 years and you've had a, a podcast for almost three years, this and the third, and people actually check in and listen like, yo, what are they talking about this week? What are they talking about this week? And, right. you know, it's just a beautiful thing. So one of the things I always look at is what's next. And what I when I did my research, I saw that, you know, not only in Farmington Hills, but you guys are in Los Angeles as well. Yeah, we have a pop-up location out in uh, L.A. Okay. Um, currently. Um, that's that's just with one of our services, one of our main services to really kind of test the market. And that's uh, owned by uh, um, um, Nikki Shepard. Uh, she's one of our first, uh, we're going to call it licensing franchisees. So okay. what we're going to do is moving forward is be doing the, the franchisees all over, all over the country and the world. Depending on, you know, uh, if, if we're needed, if, if we're needed, you know, if people want, want it here, which a lot of people have been saying they do, um, then we're definitely going to continue down that road. I'm not sure, you know, how things are going to go after, you know, I don't know what the new norms are going to be after this, but um, I'm working with, uh, you already probably know, working with Charlemagne of God and, and putting out, yeah. uh, you know, some, some stuff out in uh, the world in terms of, uh, getting people to understand what we do and why they need it. So that's, that relationship is going to be very crucial. And you really, I just want to normalize it, like normalize the whole thing. Like I, if you see our facility, if you see our website, if you see, you know, the conversation it's typically different than most people have ever seen and heard of before. Um, Cause if you think about the first mental health gym, you think about, Hey, that's, that's, that's cool. Like it's not, 
Like you got to come and, you know, divulge all your secrets. I've, I read on one of the YouTube comments that somebody put up when Charlemagne came and said, don't go in there and tell people anything. And they're going to take all this and use it against you. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? What? Because you don't talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Inception. You, don't, you, don't, you literally don't talk to anybody. Like really all of our services are, are done without your conscious participation. Wow. Yeah. So Inception to me is definitely an art to do this. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, we were going to actually plan an appointment for March and it was just like, oh, well, we can't leave the house now. But how <laughs> well, are you all offering your service or are you offering your services during this time of quarantine? No, we're, we're closed down. Um, you know, we're not considered an essential uh, service, but even if we were, I was still closed down because I just don't want, I just wouldn't risk that for my employees, you know? Um, right. You know, it's just so I know some people wanted us to try to push because we could have fought and said we're essential, but I, I, I that's just not worth it. I just think that, um, you know, we, we're, what we're doing now is actually offering some online uh, classes for trauma release. And yes. trauma release is a modality that I've uh, learned and trained under uh, Dr. David Bricelli, who's a psychologist who uh, lived in war-torn countries and he observed the body and saw that the body actually will dissipate energy and trauma stored in the body after traumatic events. So this is something I've done for 13 years and I've now bringing it under the inception fold and, and doing some zoom trauma release classes. So that's one of the ways that we're able to still effectively help people without them having to come to our facility. Oh, and so are those all. Are those like services people have to pay for or are they offered? Yes, yeah, it's, it's an hour class and it's $20 for the, for the class. Um, okay. You're actually going to be working with myself and Dr. David Bricelli. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a great price for working with a practitioner who's, who created this, the, the actual service. This man is world renowned. And so people to be able to get on and get some like one-on-one instruction is like for 20 bucks. I mean, it's crazy. Well, I'll definitely count me in. We are definitely going to be looking at uh, signing up for that. And um, okay. again, we appreciate you for jumping on with us. And um, for the people at home that have made it this far, um, how can we, how can people reach out to you or um, follow you? Uh, you can find me on the internet, um, the web. And uh, was basically inceptionep.com. So inceptionechopaw.com. Also, I, I do a lot of educating on uh, my Instagram account. Um, it's at Mr. David McCuller, my last name, M-C-C-U-L-L-A-R. And you can also follow the Inception uh, page, which is I underscore am underscore Inception. Well, Steph, so we'll definitely make sure we include that in the episode notes um, for the people at home that's, you know, have nothing better to do with us in the podcast or if you are... Dedicated fan, we love you and appreciate you all. Um, man, again, this is this is a pleasure. We really appreciate you hopping on with us. And for those at home that want to catch this episode and more about Mental Matters, make sure you check in our website, www.mentalmatterspod.com. And we are available on most streaming platforms, including Spotify, iHeart, and now Google Podcasts, which is dope because that's basically brand new for us iPhone users. <laughs> I don't know why, but whatever. 
And also make sure you follow us on the interwebs. We are on Instagram, Twitter. Yes, people still use it and Facebook. So all that good stuff. So again, we love you guys. Stay up. And yeah, make sure you take care of your minds and you know, get the facts and get out. Don't be sitting there stranded on social media because they will flood you with nonsense you don't need in your mental. So that being said, it's a wrap. Y'all take care. Love y'all.